you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And hey, speaking of five days a week, check out Locked On SEC, where you get all the info on the conference you need five days a week with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. So follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And on today's program, I want to talk about a possible combined Final Four What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you later on in the show. And I also want to mention some of the bad reporting already happening involving this round of conference realignment. Of course, we're talking about Clemson, Florida State, and yes, Kansas as well. So I want to mention all of that reporting going around, the likelihood of any of that speculation actually happening. But first, of course, we got to talk about our beloved Tiger football team. And, you know, about this time a year ago, in fact, gosh, I guess yesterday, one year ago, that would be August 3rd, 2020, well, everybody in Mizzou Nation was assuming that Sean Robinson was going to be the starting quarterback. And obviously, ultimately, he would get the start against the Crimson Tide in week one. Well, we all know Basilak, Connor Basilak, that is, would eventually take over in week two during that Tennessee game. Now, what I was saying at the time is that I thought, no offense to Sean Robinson, who is obviously a, a very likable young man, as I think we've all figured out, but it seemed like he was who he was at that point. You see, I, I have a bit of a theory that by the time you've had your sophomore season in college football, with very few exceptions, you pretty much are who you are. If you haven't broken out as a contributor, as a regular, you know, semi-big-time contributor at the college level by the end of your sophomore season, well, there's almost, there's very, very few exceptions to that rule. I would say Michael Sam from Missouri is probably an exception. He's a guy, former walk-on, I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong there, but a guy in my mind who did absolutely improve every season of his Missouri season, of his Missouri career, I should say, to the point where by the time he was a senior, he was SEC Defensive Player of the Year and an NFL draft pick. And if you think about all the recent great Missouri quarterbacks, whether it was Brad Smith or Chase Daniel, Blaine Gabbert, Drew Locke, again, by the end of those guys' sophomore seasons, didn't we all kind of know that they were really, really good We kind of knew what they were good at, what maybe they needed to work on better. There weren't a lot of surprises after that point. Am I wrong? So, to me, that's why last season I was saying, if Connor Bazelak wins this job, that's actually a good sign for the Missouri football team. And ultimately, I think I was right. I think, obviously, Connor being able to take that job and give Missouri more than what Sean Robinson was going to give them at the quarterback position Well, that made them a better team. So clearly, I think by the end of this season, this will be Connor's second season as a starter. For better or worse, we're going to know what kind of player he is. So moreover, 
since we know Connor is going to be the starter this fall, barring barring injury, almost certainly. Well, who are the other guys who are poised to break out? Who are the other guys if they are able to wrestle a job away from an upperclassman? That that would actually be a good sign for this 2021 football season. Well, at the receiver position, as we've already discussed a little bit before in my discussion about explosive plays and where they can come from in this offense, I think Dominic Lovett and J.J. Hester, both really, really important. If one or both of those guys can break out and have big seasons this year at the receiver position, especially providing explosive plays for this offense to threaten the top of the opposing defense, well, that's going to be huge, I think, for Basilak's potential production. Of course, the entire Tiger offense. Now, on the other hand, again, we're talking about J.J. Hester here. This will be a redshirt freshman campaign for him. He saw the field a little bit last year. I don't believe he caught a pass. So if my theory's right, if he fails to break out this season, well, odds are it's probably not going to happen. So let's keep that in mind, too. Big year for J.J. Hester coming up this fall. Also, I think at the tight end spot, if one of the young players can emerge there, well, you might see better production in the red zone from the passing game this season. In particular, I think Ryan Horstcamp, who I've talked quite a bit about on this show, true freshman from Washington, Missouri. To me, he has the best chance to 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 jump out, I just think he's more physically ready than his other true freshman tight end teammate, Gavin McKay, who right now lists in at 6'3", 219 pounds. I just wonder if he's physically ready just yet. He seems like more of a kid who needs a season in the weight room before he's totally ready. Don't get me wrong, horse camp would certainly benefit from a year of college training before he played as well, but you know what? Considering the lack of production from the passing game in the post-Albert O era, I'm looking for somebody to possibly break out at that spot as well. And while Tyler Beatty is certainly entrenched as our number one running back for this coming fall, the number two spot and the number three spots are very much up for grabs. In particular, that number three running back spot, which I would like to see be grabbed by one of two true freshmen in an ideal scenario. Also, some more guys who could maybe emerge this coming fall. But first, do I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, where if you're looking at Missouri's over-under win totals for the season, still hanging strong at seven wins. If you go over seven wins, it's minus 130, so you got to pay a little bit more vig if you think Missouri is going to slightly outperform expectations there. Under seven wins, an even bet as we speak. So obviously a little bit more action on the over seven wins right now, one would presume. I think anything over seven wins would have to be considered a really solid season. So def- that's a pretty smart number there by the people at Bet Online. But I'll tell you what, You'll be really smart if you take advantage of this great offer we have. Go to betonline.ag, and when you sign up for the first time, when you buy in for the first time, be sure you use the promo code Locked On because when you do, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on top of that first deposit. Once again, you heard me right. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% 
welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, unfortunately, if I'm going to point out some guys on the Mizzou football roster with a chance to break out, well, unfortunately, I have to also point out some spots where some upperclassmen haven't broken out so far in their Mizzou careers. And again, my supposition is that if they haven't done it by their sophomore years, it's probably not going to happen. So unfortunately, while all of us love Dawson Downing as a kid, I think that third running back position is very much wide open. Listen, in the 2019 season when Downing had a long touchdown run on homecoming, that was absolutely the highlight of that season, and I pumped my fist big time. I loved it for the kid. But unfortunately, I think we saw what Eli and the rest of the staff kind of think about Dawson last year. Didn't really touch the ball maybe once or twice on offense and was basically a special teams guy. He was a kickoff return specialist, one of the up men. You know, he was he was waving for fair catches. That's what he was doing last season. So, unfortunately for Dawson, I think it's much more likely that we see either true freshman Taj Butts or B.J. Harris as your third running back. And in particular, I think Butts is an interesting counter to what Tyler Beatty and possibly Eli Young, who is right now the presumptive second back. At 5'10", 232 pounds, I think Butts can definitely provide a little bit of a counter to what they do, a little bit more of a, a thunder to their lightning, if you will, a bigger back. Maybe he works for short yardage. So if one of those guys emerges, I think, at that third running back spot, again, Taj Butts or B.J. Harris, that's a good sign for the offense. I also thought it was pretty apparent that Luke Griffin really broke out last season at that left guard spot for Missouri. It was often Xavier Delgado starting for most of the season, but when Delgado went down with an injury, Luke Griffin, who was a former Georgia commit, who ended up having a tough high school career with injuries, a couple couple ACL reconstructions, I do believe. But it seemed like he's back to being healthy and was very productive the last few games for the Tigers. So if he can man that left guard spot or just any spot really on the offensive line, I would say that's a good sign. Certainly left guard seems like the most logical spot for Griffin with Case Cook almost certainly starting at right guard, Michael Maietti at center, and really the two tackle spots are, are up for grabs, although Hyron White had a big time 2019 in a lot of ways. So unfortunately last season a shoulder injury cost him in the 2020 campaign during the preseason so if he seems like he's back to his old form that would be a big deal for the Tigers as well also again I don't want to be overly critical here certainly but I'm also not overly optimistic about Chris Turner for instance turning into the big time pass rusher that maybe Missouri needs opposite of Trey John Jeff Code. So if somebody along that defensive line, say maybe Realis George, say maybe Darius Robinson, who's a big, talented young man who has battled injury at times, maybe this is one of their breakout seasons. Also, I think you could say similar things at linebacker 
across from presumptive starter Blaze Aldridge, transfer from Rice University. Possibly Devin Nicholson, a guy who's been in the program for a while. Again, if that breakout hasn't happened by now, how likely is that to happen again or in the future, I should say, this season? Actually, Jamie Petway is a guy that I have my eye on at linebacker. Now, he's not the only one by any by any means whatsoever, but he just showed me some flashes last year that I thought were really interesting. So, again, Jamie Petway, a guy, a physical linebacker, a guy to keep your eye on to me for the rest of this fall camp. And finally, Missouri has so many true freshman defensive backs on the roster this season You do wonder if maybe one of them could possibly emerge and fill in at safety, in particular the free safety spot, because I think Martez Manuel will almost certainly have a strong safety type rover position on lockdown. But with Josh Bledsoe off to the NFL, is it possible that Tyler Hibbler could maybe play a little bit at free safety at least on the second string, I also think Dalen Carnell could possibly see some reps behind a Caleb Evans, Allie Green, and Ennis Rakestraw at corner as well. Just a whole lot of options there, a whole lot of names from Davion Sistrunk to Snoop Reeves, all kinds of people. A bunch of options could eventually emerge there. If we see one of them happen, that could be a good sign for not only 2020, but for the future. And I do want to discuss that potential combined NCAA Final Four, plus more on conference realignment. But first, it is Build Bar, the best darn tasting protein bar on the market. And Build Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Perhaps Carissa will be downing a Build Bar before her race in the 10K. But you know... Did you know that Build Bar has so many options and delicious flavors? So no matter what kind of palate you have, Build Bar, I promise, has something for you. Of course, you know my favorite is Cherry Barcia because I am a dad joke extraordinaire, but perhaps you'll like coconut, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. I mean, they've got it all at Build Bar, let's be honest. But if you haven't tried them all, go get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine delicious flavors. So again, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey, remember in the 2018 NFL training camp when Patrick Mahomes was throwing a bunch of interceptions in camp and That was supposed to make me worry as a fan. Yeah, I don't blame you if you don't remember because that was ridiculous. But you know what? A couple interceptions of Patrick Mahomes by Nick Bolton in training camp so far. The first one looked like a bit of a miscommunication between Mahomes and his receiver, rookie Noah Gray. But you know what? The second one, heck of a snag by Bolton. Looked like Mahomes just tried to fire that thing in there with all his arm strength. Bolton able to hold on to it anyway. Really impressive play. Sounds like sounds like Nick is ingratiating himself very well to the Chiefs organization so far, and you gotta love to see it. But you know what? I, something I'd also like to see, an idea that's been bandied about here, I've noticed the last few days, is the idea of a combined Final Four. 
And you all know I, I am a champion of women's three-on-three basketball, thinking that actually, wow, this is a wildly entertaining version of the game. Well, I think this combined Final Four would also be a big boon for the women's game. And just as a basketball fan, I love it. So what would it be? A combined? What does that mean? Well, it just means that the men's and women's Final Four would be in the same location. Now, if it were up to me, I'd keep the men's schedule exactly the same. The guys have their semifinals on Saturday, the finals on Monday. So what's the obvious move? Just have the ladies play their semifinal games on Sunday with the finals following on Tuesday. Fantastic. Heck, even you give them the main event, essentially. They get to be the last game that you see without actually changing anything from the men's traditional setup. So I think it's a win-win. I really do. I think it'd be great for the women's game. I think it'd be fun for the people who get to cover that sport, by the way. You get to cover both events for the fans. If you want to go to both events, you get to. If you're a basketball fan, to me, it's a win-win. I don't see why they wouldn't do this. What's the downside? That's my question. Now, unfortunately, one of the downsides of conference realignment is a whole lot of bad reporting. And I say the word reporting very loosely. In fact, it's really more muckraking, rumor-mongering, rumor and innuendo, whatever you want to call it. And a great example was on Sports Radio 610 in KC, I don't know, some dude named Mike Vernon, not sure who he is, I gotta be honest with you, but apparently he was important enough that 610 Radio felt like he should be on their air, and he said, I am hearing from some people I consider to be pretty reliable that this thing is imminent. I'm not ready to say it for sure, but there's some smoke coming out of Lawrence right now. Well, what did he mean there? He means KU going to the Big Ten. Really? It's imminent? I, I just, first of all, we're seeing no follow-up reporting on this whatsoever. We're not really even seeing any denials from Kansas on this. It just, if you really think about it, if you're the Big Ten, there's no additions that are going to match up to Oklahoma and Texas. There just aren't. There's nobody out there that they can realistically add that's going to be the equivalent of that. Other than Notre Dame, I suppose, but Notre Dame and who? This idea that Kansas is going to add so much to the Big Ten that they need to go out there and grab Kansas right now, well, the numbers just don't really bear that out. Because for as horrific as that football program has been, and for as much money as all of these Big Ten schools are raking in right now, well, in fact, I actually don't know that Kansas grows their pie. Now, don't get me wrong, I could see a scenario some months from now, some weeks from now, where Kansas is possibly invited to the Big Ten. Maybe that is one of their best options. I'm also not convinced that the Big Ten has to expand either. Just because the the SEC expanded, well, I wouldn't just expand if I were the Big Ten just for the sake of expansion. Now, if you can add Notre Dame, obviously that's a no-brainer. And then maybe you bring along somebody like Kansas to make it an even 16. I don't know. But quite frankly, unless Notre Dame is added, I I just I don't even see the reason for them to expand once again. So really, if you're a Kansas fan, you're kind of connected to the fighting Irish, oddly enough. And finally, I was really surprised that 
Pro Football Focus put out a, a pretty dubious, again, a report that said that Clemson and Florida State had reached out to the Southeastern Conference about possibly joining. Again, this is different than Oklahoma and Texas because Clemson immediately came out and denied it and said there's no truth to that rumor. And if you think about it, while yes, Clemson, big-time program, Florida State, a recent national champion in the last 10 years, and gosh, the, the team of the 80s and 90s in many ways during the Bobby Bowden era, but if you're the SEC, are you really you're, you're going to go to 18 teams now? I, 16 is fairly unwieldy already. Although it actually is in some ways is a better number than 14. But 18 now you're going to a really strange number, and you're probably going to make some of your partners a little bit upset there. Florida has some big time pull in that conference. I'm not sure that they want to be in the same conference as Florida State, and plus. You know, again, Clemson, they're the big guy right now in that state, without a doubt. But still, South Carolina, they have a little bit of pull. Although, eh, if we're being honest, if Texas A&M couldn't bully Texas out of the conference, the Gamecocks probably don't have much of a shot there either. Regardless, I, I just think that was such an utterly premature report that was based on, I don't know, maybe just the tiniest rumor you could have possibly imagined maybe a tiny kernel of truth and in, in some of this but I, I just can't imagine that the SEC right now is looking to add even more teams to this conference regardless if it's Clemson and, and Florida State I don't know that 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 grows your pool of potential streaming subscribers because again you've already got footholds in those states so I, I just don't know how much that actually builds the pie but regardless Missouri is certainly in the southeastern conference for the foreseeable future if not forever so that's all that really matters but you know what I got to give you one more tip before I get out of here check out the locked on bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling you get Lee's lock of the day in every single episode blowout specials wrong team favored Frankly, this might be my favorite show on the whole Locked On Network, so definitely check it out on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Locked On Bets brought to you by betonline.ag. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Locked on Mizzou.